0: Hi, I'm Robert Wagner. and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. I hope you'll be listening.
1: On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now... Here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zimrak. Welcome to the 77th edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm Brian Zimrak, and we have quite a show for you today. Joining us on our interview segment is a movie and TV legend who spans generations. Some of our listeners will recognize him as the star of such motion pictures as What Price Glory, Prince Valiant, and A Kiss Before Dying. Others of you will know him as one of the stars of The Pink Panther and The Towering Inferno, while others will remember him as the star of such TV shows as Switch... It Takes a Thief and Heart to Heart. And still others more recently will remember him as number two on all the Austin Powers movies. It's Robert Wagner as he joins us this week. And uh, we've got a lot to do with Robert here coming up, so let's get right into it. Let's take a look at what's coming your way as far as remake madness right here on On Screen and Beyond.
0: Please hang up and try again.
1: Remake Madness, well, a remake of A Star is Born is in the works. The original star, Judy Garland, and the remake, of course, had Barbara Streisand. Who will be the next one? Stay tuned. And a remake of The Remake of The Fly is in the works for David Cronenberg, Jeff Goldblum starred in the 1986 remake of the 50s original, which starred Vincent Price and David Hedison. And the Barbie doll is about to be remade into a live-action movie. Now, the Barbie doll has been animated in direct video films for you know a while now, but uh, this is the first live-action version of it, and we'll see what happens with that. That's about it for Remake Madness. Coming up next, let's find out what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies right here on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming movies, it looks like Vince Vaughn will star in Sonny in 68, a drama set for 2010 release about an alcoholic poker player who loses big on TV and returns home to his mother to get money he's been sending her over the time, only to find out that she's dying of cancer and caring for a girl who is actually her granddaughter. And 2010 will bring us The Return of King Doug, starring Ben Stiller. It's about a guy who revisits the fantasy world he abandoned 30 years ago. This is currently under option uh, for DreamWorks. And raven Simone will lend her voice to two Tinkerbell movies. Tinkerbell, A Midsummer Storm in 2010, and Tinkerbell, A Winter Story in 2011. That's about it for upcoming movies. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond... Taking you down to Sequel City. Find out what's coming your way as far as sequels, right here. Sequel City, as far as sequels, it looks like the on-again, off-again sequel to Ghost Rider is back on again. It is currently in the early stages, and we'll keep an eye out for that one. And Pirates of the Caribbean 4 is moving along. Jeffrey Rush has confirmed he is on board. The new film is called Pirates of the Caribbean on stranger tides with a 2011 release looking at that one and vince vaughn is still hoping for an old school sequel he recently stated he has seen a script and it's pretty good that's about it for sequels coming up next what's coming away as far as tv on dvd right here on on screen and beyond As far as TV on DVD, well, it looks like Tuesday, September 29th, look for Life on Mars, the complete series to hit stores starring Jason Omar. And uh, that's a great show. I I like that one a lot, and it's too bad that they got uh, canceled because... uh, it, it it was really a good show, and uh, but the good thing about it is is they actually have a beginning and they have an end, so it's it, it, it completes the story. So you get a complete package with that one. Also, uh, look for uh, early start to Christmas with the release of the Muppet Christmas Letters to Santa on September 29th. Also on September 29th, look for How I Met Your Mother season four, The Patty Duke Show season one. And future upcoming TV-DVD releases, you can look for the fifth and final season of Taxi on December 22nd. And that's about it for TV on DVD. Coming up next, what's coming your way as far as movies, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, as far as movies on DVD, Monsters vs. Aliens comes to DVD on September 29th, and you can look for Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian to hit stores on December 1st this year, and also on December 8th, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince comes your way just in time for the holiday gift-giving. And that's about it for uh, movies on DVD. Coming up next, sit back and relax because we have quite a show for you. We have Robert Wagner. He is such a such a classic he's i mean he started out way back when the uh hollywood legends were out there and he worked with them and everything and he talks about that and so much more and it's all coming up right here on on screen and beyond our interview with robert wagner's next right here <laughs> Our guest today on On Screen and Beyond is a, a distinguished actor who truly can be called a legend. He has starred in numerous films, including A Kiss Before Dying, The Pink Panther, and all the Austin Powers movies. And he has headlined such TV shows as It Takes a Thief, Switch, and Heart to Heart. His New York Times bestselling book, Pieces of My Heart, has been just released on paperback, and it's Robert Wagner. Welcome to On Screen and Beyond, Robert. Oh,
0: thank you, Brian. Thank you very much for that introduction. What a... What a what an introduction.
1: Well, it's all true. I mean, you are a legend. There's no question about it. Um, let me first tell you, your book was fantastic. Oh, uh, I'm so
0: glad you enjoyed it. You know, I uh, have never written a book before, but uh, one of the things that I, I found out, Brian, you know, you don't have an audience when you write a book. You don't know what's going to happen.
1: Right. Yeah. And I was
0: a bit anxious about, uh, you know, letting it go, and I had kind of a... A little bit of a depression, you know, when I finally let it go, because I thought, well, I don't know what's going to happen, and whether it's going to be how people are going to react to it. But the reaction has been really wonderful, you know. Why? I, um, I, I don't. You, you probably know this, but Diane Sawyer launched it for me on Good Morning America mm-hmm. about a year ago, and uh, it got up onto the bestseller list at the New York Times and stayed up there for a month. I mean, it was uh, something I, I didn't really expect you know i didn't have I didn't know I was going to have that kind of reaction so mm. it's been very thrilling for me
1: yeah it, it was it difficult to i mean you did your book covers good times and bad times and is yeah. and was that tough
0: yes it was you know uh, I collaborated with this wonderful writer Scott Iman. I had met him through another writer a friend of mine Ted Bell, who writes all of those hawk books you know he created that character. Mm-hmm. and um, I met Scott and the uh, Along pretty well, and we, it took us about three and a half years to do it. Wow! And he—he uh, he was so helpful because I had to go down some uh, wonderful roads, you know, and then I had to go down some roads that were very, very difficult, and and uh, and, and then to go back and relive. You know?
1: I'm sure.
0: And uh, you know, I—I I couldn't write a book called *Pieces of My Heart* without including Natalie, who was a big piece of my heart. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, when we lost her, it was uh, such a traumatic event. And, uh I mean, we were just all shattered, you know. Yeah. pull us all back together and get back together, you know, and get our lives rolling it was a, a difficult aspect to deal with, you know, in the book. So mm. yeah. I have that in there, and I have some other things that are... But, I, you know, I really wrote the book because... Um, many people were asking me to write a book, and uh, you know, I, I, I've just had such amazing things happen to me in my lifetime, and in my career. And my career is, you know, I've been in the business for 60 years now.
1: Yeah. Well, and,
0: um, it's amazing
1: oh, how yeah. it all came together. Yeah, and it was funny because um, when I received my copy, I was, you know, I started reading it, and my wife picked the copy up and. She started reading section. Of course, she, she jumped right to the, the, the romance stuff, and, you know, and she wanted to know about Natalie and all that. And then I figured she was just going to, you know, just look to read a few things. And every night when I'd want to read some more, the book wasn't there. And she turns out then she was going to read the whole book, and I said, I've got to read this book. <laughs> well, so, I'm, I'm
0: so happy you both enjoyed it. Though. Oh, it was Thank wonderful. You very much. You know, I mean, it's a, it kind of, uh, I've had a lot of people say to me, It gives uh, people hope and it gives them, you know, a chance to have a dream come true, you know, because my dream was uh, to be in the motion picture industry. Mm -hmm. I start the book off, you know, uh, with being under a tree and seeing this wonderful foursome of men walking down the fairway at the country
1: club. I was going to mention uh, that.
0: And those four men were Fred Astaire, Randolph Scott. Kerry Grant and Clark Gable, and I—I I was just a kid, and I saw these saw these men, and I thought, oh, if I could be in that world, if I could be a part of that, you know, look what happened. I mean, I uh, Clark Gable made it possibly possible for me to go to MGM uh, to meet some people when I was just a kid, starting off, and uh, Randolph Scott was very positive about me and my career. And Cary uh, Grant became a friend, a lifelong friend. Mm-hmm. And Fred Astaire played my father. And, and it takes a day. Oh. Imagine that. Jeez. Imagine that, can, that life can take you in that direction.
1: When you saw these men, when you were under the tree watching them at the golf course, did you, even in your wildest dreams, imagine that you would be acting with them and being no, friends I mean, with them?
0: No, never. Never, Brian. I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I, just, I just didn't, you know. I just, life... That that happened, you know, and it all it all happened. I mean, it was it's just been extraordinary. I've been I've been so blessed and so fortunate uh, in my in my lifetime, and uh, you know, it's I wanted to put that down, and I, I, I it's just always fascinated me, and I've, I've been I've been as I said, you know, it's a, a lot of breaks, a yeah. lot of breaks. It's okay. a wonderful, wonderful.
1: And the thing is, with, you know, I mean, myself, uh, I love TV and movies, and and most of the people I presume who are listening to to our show are uh, people who also love those things. And your book, I mean, it spans every generation of of everything. You know, I mean, your career has gone from, you know, the halls of Montezuma to two and a half men, and and you actually hung around with an older generation than yourself when you got in there, like Cagney and Bogart and Flynn. And how was it like? being was, with those people
0: know, I, mean, it, I mean imagine that
1: oh I can't I can't <laughs> I was
0: uh, what a time to, to be born you know and, and be in that proximity and how that all worked I mean it was fascinating to me and so when we started putting it down on paper and uh, trying to get it all together of course you know Scott is uh, Scott's a fantastic authority on uh, on the motion picture industry you you know that I mean you you know, he, I, found, I, I read this book, The Lion of Hollywood, which was the story of L.B. Mayer, mm-hmm. and I thought if I could get somebody like that to write for, about me and about uh, the business that I was in and, and how, what it was like when I started, it would be really wonderful. And then I found out that he wrote the book on Ernst Lubitsch and John Ford, and he wrote Sight and Sound, and now he's just finished uh, the uh, story on uh, Cecil B. DeMille. Uh-huh. So he really knows. He really knows the industry. So yeah. he was being, he was able to put me right in Hollywood in the late '40s when I started, and uh, make it really, really bring it to life and make it, you know, beautiful.
1: And, yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, He's yeah. such a such a wonderful writer, He's great. Yeah. Now, what what do you consider your worst acting experience? <laughs>
0: My worst acting experience?
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. I've been in some real clinkers. <laughs> but I, I think, I don't know, maybe Airport 79.
1: Oh, really? In fact, you know, that was on just, oh. I think it was yesterday morning. Oh, my God. And, in and in fact, I started watching it while I was getting ready to go to work.
0: <laughs> you know, it just didn't have any validity to it, you
1: know. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: George Kennedy shooting the plane out of the air, you know. Yeah. I didn't know he was that good of a shot. That's <laughs> a pretty good shot. So I brought these things up, and they said, yes, we know. You know, you can't fire a gun on an airplane without having it go down. So uh, I don't know. That was – I've had some interesting, interesting ones. But mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've been with some wonderful people and have had uh, great relationships after the picture was over. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I can, I've i often said, you know, I can, I've got a couple of parts left in my head. But most of that stuff all goes out because I, I, I really, really remember the times we had off the set, rather than yeah. you know being on the set. I had a terrific experience making the Pink Panther. I love that. That was wonderful to be
1: with Which, Blake. That was going to ask you on the flip side of the worst acting. What would you consider your best acting? Oh well,
0: I don't know about whether it was that was my best acting, but that was that. I love being on that film. That was a great
1: film. You know, yeah, Blake, I always liked Blake, the Pink Panthers.
0: Yeah, well, Blake wrote it and. Uh, produced it and created the character, and, and uh, there was Peter Sellers playing Inspector Clouseau, which, mm-hmm. which he was not going to be, he wasn't, he was always Blake's choice, but the studio wanted to have Peter Ustinov, mm-hmm. and Ustinov had some questions about the script, and when immediately that came up, Blake said, look, I think it's better, let's, I, I really think Peter Sellers is the man to play this part, and look at what happened with that, I mean, that was a terrific Relationship between the two of them, and that character was fabulous. And yeah. I was with David and Capucine and Claudia Cardinale. It was a great, great time. You know?
1: Yeah. Now, it now you felt would... like it
0: was going to be a hit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: have know, kind of felt that, which was uh, that doesn't happen very
1: really. Now, now you mentioned in the book that during Pink Panther, you you went through a bout of stage fright on, on Oh that. yes, I, I did. Yeah. I mean, it, it just seems odd that somebody. You know, of your stature and, and acting ability, would and, and and you mentioned that it was more like halfway through or toward the end of the movie.
0: Yeah, it was toward the toward the end. I, I you know I just um, I don't know you know I've had that happen to me a couple of times. Really? And um, it it was I think probably part of it came from the fact that to, to see David and and Peter uh, Sellers, you know, they made it so seamless. So wonderful. I think, God, I can, how can you, how do they do it, <laughs> you know? And, um, I, I, you know, it's just a, it was a time in my life that I've got a, a little bit shaky. I, I don't know. It was,
1: I got over it. I got through
0: it. That's was the main
1: thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, one thing, the other thing in Pink Panther was that, uh, about the um, industrial detergent that they poured in the bathtub, and you, oh, you yeah, that was. been, uh, you must have been. I think you were going to go blind for good, wouldn't you, weren't you?
0: Well, I, I, it was it was quite an experience because uh, I had lost my eyesight for almost two weeks. Wow! And um, I mean, I couldn't open my eyes. They didn't want me to because the cornea they were all lacerated, you know, with this uh, with this soap. It was the sequence when I was in the bathtub with Capucine, you know, and and uh, Peter comes in and Inspector Clouseau comes in and he says, "Oh my God, it's hot!" And he, Mm-hmm. and uh, I'm hiding in the bathtub under the soap sides uh, put in detergent instead of baby soap you know and both of us got burned very badly jeez so yeah that was and then the thing was that they there was a moment there that they were going to take me out of the picture because they thought it would hold it up and Peter and David and Blake all said absolutely not we're waiting for him and so they were there it was a it, it was a wonderful time it was a great time to make that picture and, it was just
1: uh, a great time for me. Yeah, a great film. Great film.
0: That yeah, was a
1: lot of fun. Now you mentioned that uh, Peter Sellers. They weren't sure if they wanted him, in, in the studios. Is there a lot of that tug of war going on with with you know the studio wanting one thing and the producer or director well, yeah, wanting?
0: Yeah, sometimes that happens. It happens quite often, I think. You know, some people have a different choice, or an actor isn't available. That was, yeah. But Peter you know, Blake had always wanted to have Peter Sellers, mm-hmm. and um, you know they box office factor that was a factor that the picture cost so much money. It was a domestic comedy. We shot it in Rome. You know, there's a lot of those elements. People come in and have their ideas. And, yeah. You know, Blake was uh, very positive and and very uh, forceful in wanting to have Peter.
1: Now, when that things like that happened, like, you were at one time considered for James Bond?
0: Oh, well, Cubby. You know, uh, Cubby Broccoli was a dear friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was my agent at one time, and oh. he was a you know t- terrific, terrific person. And he said to me, "Would you like to play Bond?" And I thought about that, and I thought, I thought I was a little bit too American for that. you know.
1: But you would have been great. I wish. mean, Thank you. you know, I mean, you have that distinguished and suave <laughs> debonair guy, you know.
0: Well, Roger was great. You know.
1: Oh yes, I, I yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and I
0: thought Pierce slipped into it very nicely. You know. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I think I think David. I think he's great, by the way.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: have you seen the the new ones?
1: Right. The the, know, the uh, with Daniel Craig? Craig. Yeah. 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 He's, yeah. he's very
0: good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a wonderful family. They were so just absolutely took me in. I loved Cubby. He was one of my dearest friends. Matter of fact, I gave a eulogy at his funeral, and uh, also for his wife. They're gone now. Yeah. They were wonderful people. Everybody that knew them just thought the world of them.
1: Yeah. Now, when you mentioned in the, in the book about you know, working on a, a Kiss Before Dying um, and that the filming took place at the old Selznick Studios, mm-hmm. um, and you mentioned the history that was, I mean, the, the history of that studio was amazing, on, you know, gone with the wind and... and a star is born, notorious. It You must have been in, you know, in seventh heaven. I mean,
0: oh, it was very exciting. Yeah, very, very exciting. As a matter of fact, I, I remember I'd go there at night, you know, and walk through there, you know, take a walk through some of those stages. Oh, it was great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I just love the movies so much, you know, like you do, and uh, just to be in that proximity of that. That, uh, of that studio, Selznick. And all that. Oh yeah, Jeez. very exciting, very exciting.
1: Now, had you seen those movies as oh, you yeah. were growing up? Oh yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Oh
0: yeah. I, I spent a lot of time in the movies as a kid. You know, that's why. You know, being able to see these actors. I mean, that, I was lucky because I was sitting in the dark, looking up at the screen. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and there wasn't a lot of noise, and interference, and cell phones.
1: Oh yeah, the way <laughs> you know, all of this
0: overextended uh, um, uh, audio that's uh, presented yeah. in these films—you know—I mean, you sat there and you listened to them and you watched them, and those people
1: became a part of you. At least they did for me. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's just—it's it's a whole different experience now with the—you know—there's so much noise going on with the audience nowadays. But that's yeah,
0: the theater as well.
1: It's quite yeah. amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you can look down, somebody's. Texting or <laughs> uh, drives me up a wall. <laughs>
0: yeah, me too. But I think they're missing something that you and I have experienced, and I, it's too bad because I think that you know we had a chance to look up at the screen, not down at the screen. Mm-hmm. Hearing the f- toilets flush, you know.
1: Right. <laughs> now, you you had a great affection for Barbara Stanwyck. And, I did, uh, yes. Do you regret not continuing your romance with her? Well,
0: I I wouldn't, you can't go back there. Right. Brian, Brian, you can't go back, you know. Yeah. Uh, It fell the way it felt, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That was life, and romances are romances, and some of the greatest songs in the world have been written about them. Yeah, yeah.
1: one of the interesting things I found was uh and it's it's a big coincidence but it's 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 just even more of a coincidence as I was reading it and I saw it in print. Um Natalie's birthday was uh, July twentieth and your first date was uh or together time, what I don't know if you want to call it a date or whatever, but was at the premiere of Mountain? You had her you asked Well
0: I took I, I, I asked her to go to the to the uh the screening of the mountain. Which I made with Spencer Tracy, and it was her 18th birthday. Yep,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, that, that's when we went out.
1: Yeah, and the coincidence is, is it's she shares the same birthday as I do. I... Oh,
0: really? Isn't, isn't life an extraordinary? It's just amazing. Isn't it? life? You just yeah, jeez. You're constantly surprised by it.
1: Oh, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to check uh, some emails that we got in. We we put out that you were going to be interviewed, and uh, we asked people to send some questions. Do do you mind answering a couple?
0: No, no, we're not boring everybody.
1: Now. No, I'm sure they're not. Believe me. <laughs> um, Jimmy from Ireland writes: Was John Ford the most difficult director you ever worked with?
0: Um, well, he was the most forbidding. Mm-hmm. You know, he was such a. I mean, for me, you know, from my experience with him. Yeah. And uh, he was a difficult man, but uh, he made some great, great movies. And uh, I had an opportunity of working for him in in, uh, what price glory, and it was a terrific experience for me. I was a very young actor, and he took took some time with me, and I I was grateful for that. But Mm -hmm. he was tough on me, tough, very tough. Yeah.
1: And uh, it, it's funny when I'm looking through these emails. I mean, we got hundreds of emails, but um, just pick a few here. But um, I can tell the people who have read your book, or you know maybe have read it, and those that haven't, <laughs> um, like this one. Gary from Michigan writes, "How was it working with Eddie Albert on Switch?"
0: Well, you know, Eddie is a very, very accomplished actor. Uh, I admired him tremendously. We had great. Uh, great fun together. I knew his wife Margo and before we worked together and uh, I it was an, a, really an enjoyable time. We worked together for about four years on that and mm-hmm. I uh, I really enjoyed it I, I had a great deal of respect for Eddie I thought the world of him I thought the world of him
1: mm-hmm. um, Here's another one uh, from Rebecca from the state of Washington. She writes that uh, I've heard there are rumors of another Austin Powers movie is there any truth to that?
0: I hope you're right. <laughs> I would love to do another Austin Powers, and I have my patch ready and I'm ready to do number two anytime, baby, <laughs> anytime. <laughs> but I haven't. I, I I haven't heard. At one time, I heard that Mike was putting together something, and then nothing happened from it. And I, I thought, well, why not? I mean, it, it would be great to do
1: another sequel, oh, another yeah. sequel to it. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, as I said. I'm ready to go.
1: Now, you mentioned you have the patch. Is it, is it, do you oh, have yeah. the actual patch?
0: No, I have the patch, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I loved number two. Oh, I yes. loved number two. And he, he wrote that character for me. I was on uh, Saturday Night Live, and he wrote a couple of sketches on Saturday Night Live that I did, and he saw this comedy value in me that he thought would work for number two, mm-hmm. and he wrote the character for me, and there were never any agents or any... It was my part, and I thought, "Oh, boy, do I love this one!" I grabbed that one. I loved it.
1: Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, the, those movies are hilarious, and and you did a great job in I those. Had a great time doing those Yeah, and, and and speaking of comedy, when you started doing more comedy, I mean, you were in the Pink Panther, but you weren't the comedy in the in that one. No, but right. um, now Two and a Half Men, uh, you had a, 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 sh- a short run on Two and a Half Men, and 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 you were great. I mean, thank
0: you. I. I I I was really disappointed that when they decided to take my character out right. but uh, Chuck Laurie who created it uh, felt that they should go back to the family you know there were getting to be too many people that were taking it away from the original kind of concept so mm-hmm. they had me go out having been made love to by Jenny McCarthy Yeah, it's not a bad way to go right it's not a bad way to go and I love her she's such a terrific terrific girl yeah I did a show called Hope and Faith, and we worked together on that. Yes.
1: Oh, she was in that, too? Yeah, she
0: came in for a guest shot. Oh, okay, yeah. She, I was, uh, I, as a matter of fact, I made her pregnant. They, you, know,
1: <laughs> you, made you two me. have a history, then. Yes, we do. We have quite a history together.
0: <laughs> and I adore her. She's a wonderful lady.
1: Yeah. Now, um, speaking of funny parts, uh, a funny part in the book, uh, you have several in there that are Quite humorous and and actually very frank and and funny and I don't want to say too much about it because you know the audience should read the book if they want to find it. But yeah, I think the, they
0: should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what,
1: but one thing I, I and we won't like I say go into it too much. But I cracked up when you talked about David Niven and the brandy sniffer. Oh yeah. Sniffer, yeah. Well,
0: we don't want to tell that story because right. we want people to
1: read about that. Yeah, right. Very very funny. Thing. Yeah. I, when I saw that. I said, This is a riot. (laughs) Now, with all the great actors and actresses that you've worked with professionally and personally that you know, um, who would you say inspired you the most?
0: Oh, Brian. (laughs) You know, everything is timing in life, right? Yeah. You know, when you meet somebody. Spencer Tracy was a tremendous influence in my life, as was Fred Astaire, Mm. as was Elizabeth Taylor. Um, as was Lawrence Olivier Boy. as was Natalie, you know yeah i mean it's and Audrey Hepper and I worked, had the privilege of working with her and mm-hmm. Sophia Loren and you know they all oh, they were just uh, it 's the timing, you know, and i've been so fortunate in my lifetime with this timing i mean it 's just amazing to me that 's one of the things that you know this is not an autobiography, this is a memoir that I wrote, mhm-. Uh, yeah, I when we started to do it, I was just, I was just uh, up at night and thinking about these things and looking at stills and thinking about the memories and it was, I got those all in my heart. So
1: yeah, boy. I mean, you, you sit here listening to you talk about you know the, the the actors that you've just named and and in the book it just goes on and on of all the people and it's it's like, I mean you you have lived so much mm. movie history It's unbelievable. These people. Isn't that amazing? Oh, yes, I'll tell you.
0: I'm I'm just, uh, you know, it's just amazing to me. And I I wanted to put that down because I believe so much in mentors. Mm -hmm. And there were so many people there that were so good to me and so there for me, you know. It wasn't, it was really meaningful. It wasn't just, you know, a a casual passing by. Yeah. They were they
1: meant so much to me now I, I um I interviewed Gary Berghoff, who played radar and Mash, yeah. and he had a chance to work with Fred Astaire, and he was telling me that Fred Astaire was probably the most giving person he'd ever worked with, and he told us a story about um you know what went on one time when they were doing a press conference, and of course, everybody wanted to talk to Fred, but Fred said i won't do the interview without Gary with me Good. um so did you find him to that be? That was
0: the kind of man he was. Yeah, and he was also a I'm sure Gary said to you, he was a consummate professional. Oh yes, I yeah. mean he really, when he took on a an a character, he he really wanted to, you know, he really grabbed it and shook it, you know, he wanted to bring everything he could to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was he was wonderful, wonderful.
1: Now you must have been thrilled working with him on *It Takes a Thief*. I mean, oh, it was great. Geez. Oh, it
0: was great. Just absolutely. I just was a highlight of my life you know I mean, one of the highlights of my life I loved that character I loved Alexander Monday and he played the greatest thief in the world Alistair Monday
1: Mm -hmm. what a great choice you know yeah
0: it was was terrific Mm -hmm. now you don't think we're beginning to boring everybody
1: are we no unless you unless you are (laughs) (laughs) unless you feel that way
0: people might be saying oh let's go on you know
1: (laughs) do you mind going a little longer no I and and we'll cut this, you know, what we're saying right now. No, <laughs> um,
0: oh, you can leave all that in. I don't, why don't you leave that in? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> no, I just, you know, I, I don't
1: want to... No, believe me, people, people do not get bored. They I get so many letters from people telling me that, they, that rather than a little five-minute clip talking with somebody that they enjoy hearing a more intimate a more detailed thing that um, it's just... You know, I mean, people want to hear you talk <laughs> um at one point uh, you were dating Tina Sinatra and double dating with Frank Sinatra and Jill St. John, your current wife mm-hmm. uh now does that seem awkward?
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't seem awkward at all, really It was a great time we had uh, he, Frank was so wonderful to me, and uh, I have known him for quite a long time and uh no it, uh, it's not awkward at all hmm. uh, no uh, uh, I mean. He such a tremendous person uh, you know Jill and I have known each other for a long time that picture that's in the book was when I first met her she was 16 years old right yeah and uh, we she was in the pilot of Heart to Heart yeah and uh, we did a couple of movies after that and uh, we had known each other you know over the years and she was uh, in the same ballet class and the same you know dancing classes as Natalie and Stephanie Powers you know they all they all knew each other Mm Mm-hmm. and um Matter of fact there's a picture in the book of them in a, in a ballet class
1: right I was going to mention that that in that picture I mean you I'm sure you, you know there's no way you were imagined that you could you were going to marry yeah.
0: <laughs> isn't that amazing I
1: mean, some of those look women at,
0: look at how, look at how life takes you isn't it amazing I think that's one of the things that people get from reading pieces of my heart they 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 where life can take you is just amazing and if you follow it it can take you in such a fascinating places. I mean, who
1: would have ever thought that? Right, yeah. Huh? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and you and Stephanie, of course, you never were actually married, but your chemistry on the show was remarkable. Oh,
0: we had such a good time doing that.
1: We uh, had such a wonderful
0: time making that show. And Lionel, he was so wonderful. Lionel Standard. It was, uh, you know, I stole it from the thin man. You know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, uh, it's total plagiarism, right down to the dog. <laughs> but what made it work was I feel with Stephanie and our relationship on the screen, and she brought so much to it, and it was, uh, you know, we had it. We had a great time making it, and I think that, I think that that came off. I think the the, the feelings that we all had for each other, Tom Mankiewicz who wrote it, and Mark Crowley who produced it, and it, uh, it all, you know, we all had great feelings for each other. I think Mm -hmm. it worked.
1: And and in fact, that when the the two of you were on that show. you know, I always thought you were married. I mean, you know, not your characters, but your actual, you know, the, your real people uh-huh. uh, were married because it, it just seemed, it seemed right. And I, I asked, I, I interviewed Stephanie oh, a few months back. And, oh, did you? Uh, Yeah, yeah. And uh, we talked about that. And um, it was... Yeah, uh, a lot of people thought that. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, a lot
0: of people thought that was a nice compliment.
1: That show it was so, um, people were just in love with it because i mean you continued that for so long after the show actually ended well, and we
0: you know that the show was syndicated in 87 countries i mean it was such wow. an internationally the the two characters just played you know so beautifully internationally and that was nice you know that was a it was a wonderful thing for all of us we had tremendous exposure it was a tremendous hit for us and, you know when you get one of those hits like that it's it's always wonderful
1: yeah now, did you do your stunts in that show yourself? Because I remember the pilot, there was a fight scene that you were in. Uh-huh. At the very beginning of the pilot, you were uh, on a tanker or something, and you were fighting with... uh oh, yes. Yeah, And I was just curious, did you do the actual stunts in Some that? Some of it, yeah. You did? Some of that, yeah. Yeah. Lime Street.
0: Lime Street. I love that idea of Lime
1: Street. That, that show. Um, and, and in the book, you mention it, and you... The death of Samantha Smith and um, everything that went on with that—it uh, it sort of soured you with yes, the studios.
0: It, it, yeah, it really, it really, uh, it really knocked me down. I, uh, I, I loved that girl, little girl so much. Mm-hmm. When that happened, oh, it was just uh, so tragic. And she had such a wonderful life in front of her. And her father—I mean, it, it was just, it was just an absolute. So devastating for all of us, and yeah. uh, it was not a happy time, believe me. Because the way the studio handled it and the way it went out it was not—it was not correct, you know. Yeah. It was not
1: right. Yeah. One more thing. Um, at the end of the book, I noticed you have a long list of people that you wanted to thank, and and I noticed that two people's names—and it may just be a misprint in in the book. But I noticed that Andy Williams' name comes yes. up twice, and Debbie Reynolds. Was there a reason for that, or was that a misprint? It came up twice. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: you know, you know, some there were some names that were left out. There were lines of names that were left out. So maybe in your book that you have, it was printed twice or something that I didn't have them put in there twice.
1: Okay, I didn't know if there was some you know, you know? little what? thing, you know, secret no, thing. No, 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 no. <laughs> it wasn't
0: a secret thing or anything like that. I just, I just uh you know I
1: just yeah cuz it happened I mean I like to read everything and and as I was going through
0: Andy's brother in there Dick Williams and I don't know he was left out a couple times June Haver was left out hmm. and uh the McMurray girls Katie uh, you know she was left out and I went over on the paperback I had some other names that had been been left out in the hardcover Oh know, really? Yeah so yeah but I say that I hope that I, I hope that I got everybody and everybody that knew that they were a part of my life. They know
1: it. it yeah, it's so hard. I'm sure to, to try to get in. But it it is a fantastic book, and I, I anybody. Brian, thank you
0: so much. I, it, your your response to it is, really means a great deal to me because I know you know a great deal about the movies and and the fact that you've responded to this work and this this feeling of that I had and have, it means a lot to me. Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for joining us. I I, I really do appreciate you. It's an honor to have you on our show.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Brian. And thank you for taking the time with me. And uh, I'm glad that I could answer some of your questions.
1: Well, I want to thank so much Robert Wagner for taking the time to chat with us. He's such a classy guy, and he's got some great stories. And if you want to hear more, uh, all you have to do is get his book, Pieces of My Heart. It's a fascinating book. It really gives you an inside look at Hollywood. And he talks about many of the Hollywood legends that he grew up with and, and worked with and uh, became friends with and all that. And of course, he talks about his time with Natalie and everything else. So it's a fantastic book. You Check it out if you're a movie fan. You got to get that one. And it's just fascinating reading. And I hope you'll join us next week as we once again bring you info on the latest movies, remakes, sequels, and of course, DVD releases on another edition of On Screen and Beyond. And of course, another behind the scenes look at the life of a celebrity from the movie, TV, or music industry. Till then, this is Brian Zemrak saying take care. <laughs>